Um. Oh, you got a preference. So, given that, so I'm naturally a dominant woman mm -hmm. in my everyday life, right? When it comes to um, my sexuality with a man, I would prefer to be more submissive. Mm -hmm. I would prefer to be. Yeah. Not in the, not in like a like ridiculous way where I'm like, On the leash shit. what do you need, master? Like type of <laughs> yeah. shit. But, mm -hmm. you know, I would prefer to be able to be like, baby, I'm here for you. What do you need? Mm -hmm. You know, you want me to massage your back? Like, you know, I'm, I'm that type. I'm, I'm, I'm very nurturing, yeah. you know. However, it depends on the guy. So given, me, given that I'm, a, I'm more of an alpha female, mm -hmm. a man has to be more of an alpha male. And not in the. Do you think that clashes sometimes because of you're alpha female and then he's alpha? So there's times that when he's saying no. So a true alpha male will never, in my opinion, will never take it that way. No, I'm not saying him. No, no. You. No, and neither will I. Mm -hmm. So my okay. definition of what it means to be an alpha male is different from the average person. Mm. Right? So tell me. So my definition of, a, of an alpha male is a man that is just a, is is so aware of himself. Like if my, for example, if my man cried in my arms mm -hmm. about something that really hurt him, mm -hmm. I respect him ten times as more, as much, prior to that moment. Because mm. he showed some. Because um, he showed his, his a certain level of vulnerability. Yeah. But you don't want a nigga crying all the time. Though. Like I you? mean, not necessarily because. It depends on what he's going through. Like, let's say, let's say, for example, my man lost his mother recently. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That shit hurts. Yeah, I don't yeah. expect you to fucking oh, yeah. bounce the fuck back up tomorrow yeah. off of that. Yeah, emotions ain't weak, pussy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, emotions and, and no, given. I that. I definitely say that. And all that, again, everything plays a part. There's so many things that play a part. Being mm -hmm. from the being from up top, being from the East Coast, being from the Bronx, mm -hmm. being mm -hmm. Caribbean, right? You're Jamaican. Oh, yeah, both of us. That nigga Jamaican. <laughs> <laughs> yo, these niggas always be on the phone. One month up? No, nigga. Yeah. I'm like, yo, hold I'm on. Is that Are you speaking African right now? Right. What the fuck are you talking about? His, his patois. patois. His patois. His patois isn't convincing. <laughs> I'm crying. crying. Why you be hating, yo? He's a hater. I'm crying. Bigs. Bigs, you're going too far, you know. Bigs. Crying. But, you know, there's a certain level of, you know, in, in uh, Mexican culture, you call it machismo, right? Mm. This idea of being how what it means to be a man and how what it means to carry yourself. And yeah. so getting back to your question, my ideally, I would see myself settling down with a man, mm -hmm. preferably. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, given again that I'm, I'm dominant okay. and masculine in my everyday life, mm -hmm. I don't want to have to be that way all, all the, the time. fucking time. Yeah. yeah. So with a woman... I prefer femmes. I prefer women that are that are like real like women, like regular women. Um, I'm more of the dominant masculine figure mm -hmm. in a female situation. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a way for me to kind of and, and being dominant with a woman is different than being dominant with, dominant with a man. So I'm able to try to kind of tap into that part of myself. So, yeah. Okay. So if you was with a man, you would allow him to bring home females? You know, it's so funny you asked that. <laughs> he was waiting for this. I see your face like, I knew this nigga was, he just, this nigga's on a roll. Oh, wow. He, at this point, look, at this look. point, he's asking questions for himself. Look, at this look. point, he just wants to know if he has a chance. Right. Look, we, we told you he's the wild card. It's okay. It's okay. Um, I've done that before. I've only had two boyfriends in my whole life. You know, since wow. I've been having sex since I was 15. Mm -hmm. 
but I've only had two boyfriends. I'm 25 now. I'll be 26 on Thursday. I mean, Saturday. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And um, my last boyfriend, I I understood that he told me he never he cheated on every girlfriend he ever been with. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, okay, well, shit. Well, you don't have to cheat no more, nigga. Like, I mean, one, you got me now, but mm-hmm. two. I'm pretty open-minded, you know, I love Mm -hmm. women and I haven't really been able to dive into that part of myself that much. So I have no problem allowing women into our situation. So I set up specific types of boundaries for us to abide by to where we could have women, women in the situation. He couldn't do that. Mm. There are some men that enjoy the thrill of cheating. They enjoy the thrill of sneaking around doing, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's just because it's an insecurity. It makes them feel Mm -hmm. like more of a man. It makes them feel whatever they get out of it. And so it didn't work. So I have no problem with a woman being in the picture. It just comes down to our communication mm-hmm. and whether or not we're on the same page. And if you know how to prioritize and create boundaries necessary for everything to be healthy. Gotcha. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. All right. All right. Okay. So backtracking a little bit. Mm-hmm. To the world, when you're an exotic dancer, mm-hmm. you make a shitload of money. You're right. You're right. You're right. In Miami, the stripper bowl, it's a million dollars on the floor and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I did find find out that like they didn't get all of that shit. Yeah, they give you a they give you a a flat rate, and And they keep you can't pay house fee, and they keep the rest of what's ever on the ground. That's crazy. But so, is that the case? No, not at all. Nah, because I know girls in Detroit, they ain't making no money. Yeah, you know, it, it's... No it's, it's well, I know in Detroit, I'm talking about like in Atlanta. Exactly. Even in Atlanta. Now, I know people in Atlanta too. This, you told it's me. Even, even in Atlanta. It, it's definitely a false idea, for yeah. sure. You know, again, the current culture and what's popular, what's trending right now, that always plays a part. You know, a lot of people, most people are like sheep, mm-hmm. right? They go off of what everybody else is doing. There are plenty of times at the strip club where... My coworkers, and again, back to this outcast dancer, outcast dancer being the girl that is sort of outside of that status quo. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's petite with an A cup, but she's mm-hmm. really good at climbing a pole and doing whatever. She don't have a big old fat booty that jiggles with tapping her toe two times. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, but she works hard yeah. and she's pretty. Yeah. Right. So I sometimes would be the one that would throw her money on my as working at the same time. I would feel so bad that she's not making any money that I would use my own money and throw it at her. Mm. And after that, people would throw it at her afterwards. To build confidence in her. people are like, sheep, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I've had plenty of guys watch me dance my ass off on stage. And anybody who's ever seen me work, they know, they know that I sweat. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll get off the stage literally dripping like I just came out of a, t- out of a fucking pool mm-hmm. of sweat because I worked that hard and I danced that hard. And guys would come up to me afterwards and be like, man, you, you, you did so well up there. Yeah. And I'll just be like, well, damn, I couldn't tell, nigga. Damn, yeah, you like, didn't you give me no money. Me you like shit, you know what I'm saying? But because it wasn't popular, it wasn't, mm. it wasn't a good look. It wasn't the thing to do, you know. To your niggas, you walking up to throw money at the ball head chick with eight with an eight cup, mm-hmm. isn't as cool as throwing money at the girl who looks like you know Bernie's Burgos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? It's all about what looks the best. People are so concerned and infatuated with everybody's opinion of what they're doing. But you might have a good night and you might have a bad night too. Good nights are, it's again, it's it's relative. Like Mm -hmm. I've had, I went to Miami recently. The only reason I went there is because I made more money from Miami people and Florida people than I've made from anybody Mm -hmm. since I've been in Atlanta. Why you say that? I don't. Because like, she's small and petite. 
in Miami. Mm. Miami. That's that's the type of style that yeah okay. And it, it's yeah. just the black people that are down there. They've been seeing the exotic Spanish look forever. Exactly. So I'm exotic to them. Mm-hmm. Right? And they're also, there's a certain level of resentment at the fact that so many Spanish people have moved down there. They're like, man, fuck y'all. Like, they feel a certain resentment towards them. So they don't want to tip the, the Latinas. You know, they're like, nah, we want to find a black girl. You know, there's not so many of y'all left anyway, so let's try to help y'all out. Yeah. So it's a different culture and different mentality. I respect that. Right? And so being... My, I had to find my niche, and my niche oftentimes being the older guys or the guys visiting from other cities. And but I'm never the girl that's that has the younger guy coming in. I just wants to flex and throw two thousand just because. I'm not that girl. Mm-hmm. I'll never be that girl because I'm not the eye candy. I'm not the girl that you know Lil Wayne been talking about in 2006 about mm-hmm. the red bone. With, you know what I'm talking about? You know, all these rappers, oh, yeah. Future, all them niggas, they play a part. You would think that a grown man isn't that much influenced by what rappers are saying in their music, they but they are. They, yeah, that's Maybe true. even if it's subconsciously, right? Mm-hmm. You're influenced by what you've been hearing for so long. Future constantly preaches. Now he's dating a brown-skinned black girl, but for the most part, it's always about, you know, pink toes and all this other weird-ass shit. You know what I'm saying? It's like, nigga, what the fuck does that even mean? Like, you know, it's like, why? Like, so, like, <clears throat> so do you think that the entertainment world is safe for women mentally and physically? Um... It really depends. Uh, there's been times where I've felt more safe in that environment than I've felt anywhere mm-hmm. in my life. Yeah. And that's the misconception, right? Yeah. Many, there has been times where I felt more at home at, let's say, Blue Flame, my last club I worked at, than I felt anywhere. Mm-hmm. Because there's a certain level of solidarity and understanding that you find in that space that you won't find anywhere else. The security guards, I know they actually cared about my life and cared about my well-being. Mm-hmm. My good. coworkers actually cared about how I was feeling. There's, you know, trust and, and support that I didn't find anywhere else. So I've, I experienced my first sexual assault situation outside of the strip club. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know. What, what happened if you wanted to get into? Hmm? It's usually where it happens at. The guy was waiting for you after the club? No, so what happened was that I went to a, a lounge in Atlanta mm-hmm. and I um I went to the bar. I was dressed like my usual self, not giving a fuck, wearing some sweatpants and a t-shirt and some sneakers. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there were these two really two like noticeably bad as fuck women at the bar. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to fuck with me. So we started making out. All three of us at the same time. Wow. And that's, the guys so, behind us. A, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta take that picture out of my mouth first. The guys behind us were just like, whoa, it was going crazy. Mind you, these aren't little ass boys. These are grown ass men, you know, mm-hmm. but they're all from New York. Mm-hmm. And they probably ain't never oh, seen no shit, shit like that before. <laughs> oh, and shit. they was just like crazy. They, they probably crazy. don't get no bitches as well. You know, these girls were so infatuated with me. Mm-hmm. Like, we these niggas with these bottles and these sections. There's a bunch of us. Like, why aren't they making out with us? Yeah. And I could, I could sense that that tension and that frustration. And so I'm mingling with them, talking to those dudes. I tend, I tend to vibe pretty well with, like, New York people. Like, yeah. we, under, we get each other for the most part. What ended up happening was I ended up going to uh, after-hour spot. Mm-hmm. And I got much more drunk 
and I told them, you know, just drop me off at home, which was only like seven minutes away from where we was at. Yeah. But I blacked out and just mm. became unconscious. Mm. And I woke up the next morning naked in a bed. Fuck. And basically what they had did was like, you know, we're going to take advantage of this bitch. She blacked out drunk. Fuck it. I can't believe niggas really do stupid shit like that. And so that's what happened. You know, and I yeah. and, and that whole night I never gave any, any any indication that I was trying to fuck any guys there or do anything like that. But I, I felt that they were just so frustrated with the amount of attention that I was getting from these mm -hmm. women that they're like, we're about to show her, you mm -hmm. know, that she's still a woman. Like, we can fuck you too. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's kind of what happened. Yeah, they just came um, in Miami. It was I two kids. Two dudes. Two dudes yo, that's just fucking serious. Like, the girl was intoxicated and they, they fucking raped her and then killed her after. Wow. You know? No, she she died from her injuries of the assault later. Mm -hmm. they okay. Whatever okay. She did, she died later from yeah. the yeah. Wow. Like, after having a daughter, bro, all that shit just hit, hit a certain way now. It hits bro. different. Yeah. I wanna fuck everybody up, bro. Right. I, 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 I got, everybody. yeah, I have, I have right. sisters, so right. I feel the same way. <laughs> he gonna wait to say that. Yo, right. I'm trying to figure out because I don't even know what. Dude, I was, yo, I was diving in all her posts like, yo, did she say something here? Like, what happened? All right, 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 right. So, um, like I said, when I first moved here, I never danced before. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I danced at this after that uh, uh, players club situation. I went to a white strip club. In my mind, I'm like, well, I'm a black girl in a white club. I should do well. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> no, I did not do well at all. I struggled. I wasn't. I wasn't. I was too black or not white enough. It was mm -hmm. something I was off. So I went. To, I had enough courage one day to get a job in Magic City, mm -hmm. and the owner, Magic, hired me. And I was very proud of that. You know, I was like, okay, it gave me enough confidence to know that I could really do this. You know, he's been, he's owned this club for over 20 years. You know, the guy, if he hires me, then that means he must really see something in me. And mm -hmm. so I took a lot of, like I said, a lot of pride in that. And um, I went to work every day. I was the only girl there consecutively, like, days straight for day shift, which Magic City opens up at 3, which most people don't know that. They think mm -hmm. that we open up at nighttime. We open up at 3. Mm -hmm. So I get there by 2.45, the only girl there, ready to work every day. And because um, I was just happy to, to have the opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I worked my ass off, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, I always worked, you know, I always just worked pretty, pretty low-key. I would dance for the dude at the bar and keep to myself. Um... I never danced in sections. I never really danced for celebrities like that. I was just always to myself. Mm -hmm. Until one day, uh, Lou Williams came into the club. And although I'm a big basketball fan, I wasn't really familiar with where the NBA was at at, at the time. I didn't know that they were in the bubble situation, that they had the quarantine and all that. I didn't know. Were you part of the Lemon Pepper scandal? Yes. I was. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. So you really had no so idea. You had a, okay, okay, so yeah. you had a chicken. I did. I had no idea. Okay, so so this is what happened, right? So he came to Magic City, and um, he uh, he got us. I, I mean, it was so casual and normal that you wouldn't have thought that he needed to be quarantined. Like, mm -hmm. I, I mean, you really had no indication that he was supposed to be doing something yeah. different. You know, he came in there very normal. Came in there with a bunch of people. They got a section. It was day shift, though. It was like maybe 4 p.m. or something on like a fucking Wednesday or mm -hmm. some shit like that. And there wasn't a whole lot of girls there. So the girls that were there, we noticed him and 
he had a he took a, a certain liking towards me. Mm-hmm. So I started to dance for him with all the other girls. Um, and a week later, a uh, it was uh, well. First off, somebody within the section, which at this point is all like public knowledge, but Jack Harlow, who's a sweetheart, I love him. Mm-hmm. He's a great person, very talented, very humble guy. Jack mm-hmm. Harlow, he posted him on Instagram in a story. And that's how it became, it went viral, that Lou Williams is at Magic City. And then um, it went from there, right? And then after that, we had an influx of customers and reporters and everybody coming in there throughout the week like crazy, right? One day, some reporters came in, and I just, they were just these random white folks sitting at a table. Nobody's in the club. Like, I'm like, hi, y'all, how you doing? You know what I'm saying? And they're like, well, we're reporters. Can we ask you some questions about how you're handling corn? Uh, uh, COVID-19 yeah. so I was like a Magic City like I love Magic City I love the owner like I was like a Magic City like I don't even know what to call it spokesperson I'm like yeah I love this place I want to try to bring as much positive attention as possible mm-hmm. so I was like I'm going to tell them I'm going to talk to them because I feel like I'm the best person to do it I'm pretty articulate I feel like I'm, I'm not going to try to bring a negative light to the club I'll do it better than me better me than anybody else is yeah. how I thought about it right and so they asked me about the club, how we're handling COVID-19, and it was about 10 minutes of that. And then towards the end, they asked me about him. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, yeah, like he was here, like he said he was, because he yeah. had already said that he was there to get right. food. So yeah. I said he was there to get wings, like he yeah. said he was. And they were like, well, did he throw any money? And I was like, yeah. Like, I didn't even think to, right. I didn't really mm-hmm. think it was a big deal. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm like, yeah. it's a fucking strip club. Mm-hmm. Like, why would why it be a big deal yeah. that he threw money? He's a mm-hmm. fucking NBA player in a strip club. If you didn't throw money, it'd be like, nigga, why did you throw no money? You got money. Why did right. you throw no money? You know what I'm saying? So it could have went either way, yeah. right? You would have been bad for him either way. Damned either way. So I just said, yeah, sort of naively not realizing that that would be a big thing. And and, and long behold, it became a very big deal. And it went viral. Mm. And I became this clout chasing snitch, snitch asshole, you mm. know, and. I had a. Girls I had, was hating on you in there? Oh, it was, it was not just in the club. It was. um. Period. Like, I have people from all over the world sending Social me pictures. I mean, sending me messages, DMing me, calling me all sorts of names, mm-hmm. threatening my life. Like, if he misses the playoffs, he's going to find a way to kill you. It was that serious for people. You know what I'm saying? Because you got to think about it. It's COVID. Yep. And it's quarantine. So, people are... It's sort of similar to the Great Depression. Like, there was a point in time in the Great Depression where people... Only, all they had, had to look forward to was movies coming out. And anything to just make them feel... Distract them from what was happening. Mm-hmm. So, for a lot of people, I... I affected their joy. Mm-hmm. So they were, they were willing to do whatever they needed to do to fuck mine up. Yeah, yeah. Especially Clippers fans because they ain't win shit in years. So yeah. I can understand why so they it, acting like that. It became that. real ugly. And I That's also crazy. coincidentally got COVID a couple of days after everything went crazy. Mm-hmm. So I had to go into quarantine. I was very, 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 very sick. Mm-hmm. And all I had was just people, my, my coworkers were sending messages. We have a group chat for the club and mm-hmm. somebody sent the article to the whole entire staff, mm-hmm. like in the group chat. Mm-hmm. And everybody just started going in on me. So, um, and I'm sick as fuck. Like, damn, like, what the fuck? Like, why would you do that? You know what I'm saying? So there was a lot of bullying that took place. Mm-hmm. It was not a whole lot of support. I wasn't fired. Like, the yeah. owner didn't fire me. But I, it was just so overwhelming. Yeah. And it was you such didn't a feel like mark you wanted to go my, back. On my character that yeah. I wasn't willing to deal with that. 
Because I knew I'm a really sweet person, but if a bitch try me, I'm going to have to put hands on you. Like, And I didn't want to get to that point. Yeah, you look like you're ready you know to, to do that too. I didn't want to get too. to that point, so I, I decided to leave. Mm. And it was a really hard decision. Yeah. And so that's that's what happened. And it, Yo, That's really, crazy. I am like, just saying, like, I didn't For real. Like, yeah. I'm So, like, if you type in on Google, like, Magic City, Aries, Lou Williams, I'll mm. come up. And it'll just be all these fucking articles. All over the place mm. of, of me being this terrible stripper bitch who snitched mm-hmm. on Lou Williams. Yo, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, that is wild. So how did you feel on everybody attacking your character on that? Like, was that one of your lowest points? It was definitely a low point. Mm-hmm. It, it really it really hurt me. Because, again, I was so... Mm-hmm. Everybody there knew I was very cool. I was cool. I didn't cause no problems. I never cared about, like, chasing every single mm-hmm. bag. Like, I was, I was just normal. And mm-hmm. so it really hurt me. It really hurt my feelings. I was very, very upset about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then, instead of he took no fault because oh yeah, of course, it's easier to to let the the the, the pariah right because mm-hmm. a stripper in our society, as much as we um, glamorize them, mm-hmm. we condemn them and we look yeah. down on them. So I was the easiest way out. To saying like, look, yeah, she's a snitch. Go with that. We'll mm-hmm. just go with that story. And that's what happened, mm-hmm. you know. That's crazy. That is crazy. I did. I got caught up in your journal page. Like it, it's deep. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. It's deep. You got you got some shit on there. You got mm-hmm. bars on there. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. You got some bars there. Well, um, started you writing. I've been writing since I was about six years old. Okay. So I've always written in journals. I've always been. Um, it was my escape. It was an escapism. Did it help it you a, through your depression? Yes. It was definitely a big part of me getting through my struggles with mm. depression and loneliness. As a kid, you don't know it's depression. And mm. As a kid, you just say, I'm sad or you know, oh, yeah. I feel alone. Or, so it was more of that as a kid. And then as I got older, I started to realize, okay, no, you're really going through it. And my mother, she recognized it. So a lot of, a lot of Christmases, some of my gifts were only just journals Mm -hmm. and i was always happy with that you know more journals to write in um poetry started like a couple years ago i didn't really feel confident enough to be a poet because i I always had this mind this this vision of poetry being like this super deep like personified (laughs) yeah you know (laughs) the the what is it like he's like all deep with it the 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 tweaking her left leg and like I'm like I'm not that type of right some shit like that you know Mm -hmm. I'm not that kind of poet you Mm -hmm. know and so that 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 really discouraged me from even trying to pursue it and then eventually I was just like fuck it you know because I started reading more like Maya Angelou and Langston Hughes and those are poets that if you look at a lot of their work it isn't all that Mm -hmm. sometimes it's four bars Mm -hmm. and that's enough for you Mm -hmm. to get an understanding of what they're trying to say Mm -hmm. And I feel like that sometimes is much harder than a 10-page whatever the fuck. You know what I'm saying? Because you manage to be profound in such a, a short time. such a short period of time. Mm-hmm. And that speaks volumes. So I became inspired by that. And that's what drove me. And if I did write something longer, if I had something within that poem that resonated with you that much, and I knew I did a good job. You I need to keep on right. going. You're doing a great job. Yeah, you got a lot of going. Deep shit on there. Got one more question. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> like, like I say that like dead ass. Like, how are you doing? Because mm-hmm. after after going before you even like first message me, comment like about my wife and my daughter. Like, I've been through your pages. Like, once you said that I was interviewing you, I've been through your pages. Mm-hmm. But I got is someone has has been through a lot, mm-hmm. emotionally, physically, mm-hmm. mentally, mm-hmm. and you still finding a way to keep going mm-hmm. and have a great spirit. Um, every day is a, is a, is a, is a choice for me. Um, when you struggle with depression, when you struggle with anxiety and you've reached really low points, you learn that, cause there was a point in my life where I couldn't look past the next hour. Mm-hmm. It was that hard. I was so uncomfortable in the present moment that I couldn't imagine what the next hour would be like. Um, and for the average person, that's really hard to explain to. It's mm-hmm. hard to explain that to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, given that I'm in a place now where I might not be look, having a hard time looking past the next hour, I might might be the next few weeks or the next couple months, next few years. Every day is a choice, you know. There are sometimes during the day where I literally would be like, "What's the point of living?" Mm-hmm. And if I were to say it out loud, they'd be like, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you just all like randomly wondering what's the point of living? Now, depression is a serious thing. I have a sister passed away. She mm-hmm. had depression and she had sickle cell. So mm-hmm. I totally understand that. It's a big situation. How do our culture, you know, because a lot of people, exactly. We don't, we don't, we don't take that serious and yeah. we just say, oh, you just got issues Everybody got issues you try to deal with. It. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. They don't understand Caribbean about... Parents, uh, exactly. African immigrant parent, parents. What can you do or what can you say to the people that's actually going through depression? Right. You know? I, that, you know, I really always talk about it like this, right? We've gone through so much as a people that we don't like any type of, like, negative... Anything negative on us. We try mm-hmm. to, like separate ourselves or eliminate it or or isolate it to being something that's their problem but not ours yeah so much has already been isolated towards being our issues so at some point we took pride in the fact of saying like oh that's some white people shit Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) and that was sort of a backlash Mm -hmm. or clap back at them to be like that's y'all shit we don't do that you know Mm -hmm. we have all this other shit y'all want to try to put on us but we don't deal with that over dramatic depression needed medication shit that's Mm -hmm. y'all shit Mm -hmm. And in doing that, what it did was minimize the fact that we do go through things. And actually, once we understand that, if no one else, we have the right to admit to it. Mm -hmm. We have the right. There's there's a there's a certain level of of liberation and 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 just freedom and just so many different things that we get in saying, no, I am struggling. Mm -hmm. No, this thing did affect us as a as a people. There is trauma that runs deep within our family. If nobody else, we do deserve the right to say that I'm depressed right now. Mm-hmm. Take the power in that. That's the only, that's the only way we can do that. Mm-hmm. And so, do you talk to anybody? Um, like it? in terms of like therapy and stuff like that. Yeah, I did. I've I've gone in and out of therapy since I was like ten years old. So I've been in and out of like therapist chairs and things like that. But mm-hmm. I have um. I really don't. I mean, at this point in my life, I just really, I do a lot of research. I mm-hmm. find that that's one of the privileges of the internet, of the internet and just having different resources out there. There's so much stuff out there 
Mm-hmm. Now, while I don't always feel that college is necessary, one thing college did teach me is being able to synthesize data mm-hmm. and understand what's what's real and what isn't, mm-hmm. what's scholarly, what isn't scholarly, and things of that nature. So I'm able to know what, okay, I can read this article and know that it's coming from a scholarly source, being somebody that might have been in college or whatever the fact. And then look at another article that might not be from somebody that's an academic, you know, in an academia setting or whatever, mm-hmm. but kind of compartmentalize the research, the data that I find. So this might be more of an anecdote of their per- per- their personal experiences, while this might be an actual research study that is a quant- qualitative or quantitative study that looks mm-hmm. at a group of people, all of which matters, but you have to put it on a different, um, on a different uh, totem pole of, of what's, if that, do you guys know what I'm trying to say? No, no, exactly okay. what you're saying. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Because I know sometimes we, I can be a little like. No, we listen. You're very, you're very well spoken. Exactly. Exactly. He swear yeah. he's the <laughs> smartest <laughs> nigga in this damn room. He, he did. How am I doing? I'm sorry. Um, I struggle. I struggle every day. I really do. Um. I, I, I can't even begin to explain, like, the levels at which I struggle. Do you self-medicate? I, drinking became a thing, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, addiction is heavy on both sides of the family. Yeah. And in, in dancing, dancing became a, a Dancing became a, an addiction, for sure, yeah. definitely. Um, I stopped, like I said, three weeks ago, but there were days that I would go to work mm-hmm. knowing that I probably would not make enough not make enough to cover what I paid to dance. Some people don't know you got to pay fees to dance. Yeah, right? I heard In Atlanta, that. you got to pay a, a permit fee. It's at least 250 mm. A week? No. A day? For the year. For the 250 year. Oh, for the okay. year. But then you pay a fee every day to dance. So you pay a set fee just to dance for that year, which you renew mm. every year. And then you pay a bar fee, like you said, right? And depending on the club, it varies. Mm-hmm. So there are some days where... I'm already 150 in the hole before I even get to work. Mm-hmm. And so there are days, again, along with that, where I'm like, I'm 150 in the hole, but me going to work today just might save my life. Mm-hmm. Me going to work today and That's sitting good. with girls who struggle with a lot of the same things I struggle with, mm-hmm. who provide me comfort and love and support, I'm willing to pay that bar fee to get that to be able to live another day. And that's something that's hard to explain to the average person because all they see is this strip club and all these stripper hoes and this, this, yeah, and that. Mm-hmm. But in that man. locker room, there's there's counseling that takes place. There's prayer that takes place. There's all sorts of things that take place that you would not, you have no idea about because at the end of the day, we're still human beings mm-hmm. and we're still struggling with things. A lot of these girls have children and, you know, they're not dancing to buy a Gucci purse. They're dancing to feed their, their newborn baby tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's deeper than that, than what you may see on the surface. And so within that space, I found love and comfort and joy and peace. And that was priceless. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter if I didn't eat the next day. At least the day before, I was able to know that I mattered mm-hmm. and that somebody that was like me cared. And they let me know that if I came to work tomorrow, that it would brighten their day mm-hmm. and make them want to keep going another day. That's big. I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. I, really, I understand that depression is a huge thing. It's like, what was I watching that thing about the Sisley Hotel and the girl was going to be depressed 
Yo, that shit is crazy. Did you watch that movie? That series? Um, Sicily. Cecil. Is it Seth? I thought Sisu. it was Sisu. 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 That's why I was like, I was like, yo, I know he's saying it wrong. No, he said you said Sisley. That's why I was like, I know it's not that. It's Sisu. It's Sisu Hotel. I'm profound right now. Stop fucking interrupting me. Anyway. You about to get my beard? What you No, no. I'm about to give you a little toner. Yeah. And the average person can't understand that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do you tell somebody, like, I want to be happy, I just can't? Yeah. She had a great journal, too. You got to look at that. Um, I'm going to check it it's out. It's on Netflix. I'm going to check it out. You know, I, I'm a big, I love film, I love art, I love documentaries. You know, I've been watching, I was the kind of, I was the kid growing up where I was sitting in the house all day and watch documentaries and movies by myself and the History Channel, the Discovery Channel, mm. where everybody else was playing in the park. You know, like, I was a little different than the average kid, so I really enjoy learning and understanding different, you know, mm-hmm. different perspectives, different people's lifestyles and what they go through. Yeah, I know it's going to be a journey, but I, w- I, w- I would really appreciate it if you found happiness. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All of us. All of us. I know it's going to be a journey. It ain't going to happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It might not happen next week. Yeah, but. it's an ongoing journey. You know, mm-hmm. every there are some things in life that people mistake for being destinations, mm-hmm. and happiness is one of them. Happiness isn't a destination; it's a journey. You're constantly working towards it. You're constantly trying to learn and grow, and and so I just all you can do is just think about the next moment and just try to be as mindful as be you can strong. be. Be strong, and strength comes in different forms. Mm-hmm. Right? As black people, we're taught that being strong is not showing emotion, is, is tucking things away, is pushing through how much you can endure, how much you can endure. but sometimes mm-hmm. strength is taking a moment to, to realize, you know, I'm, I'm hurting right now. It takes a lot of courage to admit that you're in pain. It takes a lot mm-hmm. of courage to admit that shit is just hard right now, it's, it's fucked up. But the more comfortable we get from black men to black women and vice versa, the more we'll thrive as a people. And that's what I truly believe in. I don't got nothing else. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I want you to let everybody know that IG page, you, you your journey. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so, I, I, look I, like, I look like I got like a, I wasn't like a, fin- like a cerebral yeah. palsy or something. Yeah, like I, I, I wasn't. Like, I'm disabled. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, y'all. <laughs> All right, forgive me. That was super insensitive. <laughs> I am so sorry. Okay. So my Instagram Imaniality. Um I M A N I L D A L I T Y. And again, just so background on my name, right? People are like, what the fuck does that even mean? So I looked at reality and I looked up so etymology is a study of words mm-hmm. and I looked up different, you know, what ality means and I looked at reality and so I kind of combined like reality and my name, and it, it basically just says this is like the reality of Imani. This is everything that makes up who I am, and so my Instagram is Imaniality. Okay, I appreciate you. You'll find you. my writing page in my bio. Okay, it's called okay. a little Definitely more, a little more Imani. There you go. I'm about, right. about, <laughs> about to show of the mirror, and I want to thank everybody for nice. tuning in. 
for another episode of Fresh New Look. Huh? She gonna get a lineup? No, she just said. Oh, hey, can, can I do what I do? Just, you, are you the barber? Are you? Uh, okay, I appreciate it. But like I said, I want to thank everybody for tuning in for another special episode of Fresh New Look. Please subscribe like. right here. Like, comment, please. Notifications. Share. Share. Gang, gang, gang. Everything. I appreciate.